and welcome to today's show, Strategic Insights Radio, brought to you by Sterling Rose Consulting Corp. Sterling Rose Consulting is a full-service business consulting firm that provides business plan creation and review, marketing plans, process automation, and now business technology strategy consulting and implementation services. Today, we're honored to have both the CEO of Sterling Rose Consulting, Vlad Ruse, and the newest member of Sterling Rose Consulting team up and uh, join us in the program here. He is the co-host of Strategic Insights Radio, David Wilkins. Vlad, first of all, is a serial entrepreneur who started his first business at the age of 18 years old. He currently owns four businesses ranging in age from two and a half years old to over eight years old, with net revenue ranging from $250,000 to over $6 million. Meanwhile, David Wilkins comes to Sterling Rose Consulting from a long and distinguished business and entrepreneurial career, working with companies such as Whitridge Associates, IBM, ENY, PricewaterhouseCoopers, among others. David is now the senior VP and head of the newest division with Sterling Rose Consulting, the Strategic T- Technology Consulting Division. Today's topic What does strategic technology consulting actually mean, and what is it? Thanks, Mike, and thanks, Dave, for uh, being on the show today. Great to be here, as always. First, why don't we start by actually defining what strategic technology consulting stands for? Sure. So what strategic consulting really stands for is we help enterprises optimize the selection, implementation, and use of technology to realize the expected ROI in terms of measurable business benefits. So what does that really mean? Basically means we help make we help companies ensure that they get the most out of their technology in terms of helping to improve their overall business operations. Okay, so obviously not just IT as uh, people understand it, and um, you know I think a lot of companies do have that issue with uh, technology and software specifically, and uh, they're purchasing licenses and they're have technology developed that in the end doesn't maybe doesn't get used or doesn't get used properly, so they're really throwing their money away as it would as it would be it, it, it to a large degree that's right because you know when you stop and think about it all the technology that enterprises acquire you know they're doing it because they're expecting to get some sort of benefit out of it you know whether it's a competitive advantage improve their productivity increase sales reduce costs uh, you know there, there's a lot of reasons uh, business reasons why technology is acquired people don't acquire the technology simply for the technology's sake. You know, all that there is a lot of that that goes on. But the real challenge for a lot of organizations is it's really hard to manage technology, from, especially from a business perspective, because so many projects end up being late, over budget, uh, not delivering the benefits. A lot of enterprises really just don't understand how to measure the benefits of technology, particularly from a business perspective. You deal with the issues that the technology side is talking debits and or bits and bytes, and the business side is talking debits and credits. So they're all talking different languages. They don't even understand. They really can't effectively communicate. And and when you when you get into some of the real risks, uh, you know, we're seeing more and more of that every day with the with all the hacking that that, that is in the news, uh, the their data losses, data breaches that are going on, and the other. What major risk is the the fact that uh, everybody else is getting into technology has technology and they're using it and you know there's always that risk that your competition is going to come up with a uh, disruptive uh, solution that is going to be a, a game changer in that particular industry. 
Yeah, definitely. And I think, um, you know, a good example of that is um, anytime you have uh, salespeople, especially the ones that sell technology, they're really, uh, you know, they have their list of benefits that the technology provides. And I think that a lot of the shortcoming comes from the fact that um, nobody talks about implementation, what that's going to entail, retraining people to use new technology. Uh, I think that gets left out, you know, the training aspect, which uh, for some technology and for some technology that I've personally purchased and um, tried to use in my businesses just didn't end up working out. It just, uh, the technology was great, but um, it didn't provide, uh, it provided better tracking benefits, but it also uh, increased payroll dramatically in order to be able to provide that better tracking. You're right. Boy, the number of stories I can think of where, where, where that's exactly the case, where I've come in to actually manage a project to implement uh, a solution that was sold by a, uh, by some, a salesperson who's trying to meet their number for the, for the end of the year, a uh, trip to Hawaii or whatever it happened to be, promising they can be delivered in four months and having to go in and tell the CFO, I'm sorry, but you know, no matter how hard we slice and dice this and the plan basically says if we're going to do it right, it's going to take at least eight months. Those aren't the things people like to hear, but that's the, the reality is uh, technology, if it's done right and it's going to deliver the benefits, uh, it, it takes time, it takes effort, it takes a process that most people really don't realize. You know, and, and there just are a couple of some interesting numbers to, to throw out just to kind of reinforce that. Because if you look at some of the studies that have been done over the years, so basically one in six projects have an average cost overrun of over 200% and their schedule overrun is over 70%. You know, that's a pretty significant uh, deviation from what the expected delivery is. You know, 75% of business and IT executives they expect the project's going to fail from the get-go. And that's, you know, when you're starting with a, a bad bad taste in your mouth in the sense of expectations, you know, you know, get a lot of times those expectations get fulfilled very easily because you don't get the support that, that, that is needed. And that's one of the other key areas is the fact that in many cases projects fail because you, they don't get the necessary support from senior management. Once a decision is made to go ahead, they, they basically delegate the whole project off to a team, let them go do it, and that's the last they ever see of it or care about it until they start seeing all, all sorts of overruns and, uh, and bad news. And then all of a sudden, that's when they start getting involved again. So there's a lot to it, to, to do it right. Yeah, and I think uh, you know, as far as the ROI and um, what uh, technology is supposed to do and what it actually does also... Um, I think that's also very apparent right now in the accounting industry because you have a lot of technology being developed and that was developed over the years and it slowly almost phased out accountants out of the development process. So you have all of these uh, programmers and uh, technology trained people that are great at what they do, but that aren't necessarily um, aren't getting the right feedback as far as from the accounting perspective. Um, and I think uh, when, when we do any QuickBooks customization and working QuickBooks, you see that as being an issue a lot of times. There's just a lot of extra bells and whistles that don't apply uh, and that people don't know how to turn off necessarily. Yeah, QuickBooks is, is a great example of that uh, because there's a, there are a lot of features and functions. But if you really don't need them, 
you know, it's, that is the right thing to do. And again, it goes back to understanding what is the business need? Why do we need, why do we use this particular functionality? What's its, uh, what's its purpose and how does it help to help the business meet its uh, goals and objectives? Yeah, definitely. I think now with the, everybody, uh, you know, the next trend in technology is automation. Everybody's talking about automation because that's really the next logical step. And once you have your technology in, in place, um, everybody's looking for that technology to now be productive instead of just, you know, just tracking things better or making one person's life a little bit easier. It's looking at replacing people now. So now you also have, um, a lot of, uh, increased ROI from the fact that technology really can, can help a business be competitive by allowing them to utilize their human capital a lot more efficiently. That's, that's true. Now, what, what's one of the interesting things about that is that there is an expectation that with a lot of technology, a lot of software packages, for example, that do automate process, that, that, that process, automated process will replace people. But what one of the unintended consequences in many cases is the fact that now with this automation, there is a lot of, inf- a lot of data that was not available before or that or was available but took a lot of time and effort to get. So now you're actually having more information, more data to work with to convert into information to make better decisions. And in many cases, now you need a different set of skill sets and more sophisticated skill sets to analyze that data to help the uh, senior management make the informed business decisions. Yeah, and that's and I think we've seen a uh with uh, companies like Delta, for example, recently, we've seen also the uh, very drastic effects that technology can have on companies as well, right? Not just from an increased ROI, but make sure that's set up properly so that you don't uh, decrease ROI for the whole company by uh, not using technology properly or not setting it up properly. Exactly. And that's, that's all part of a, really a risk, risk management process that really needs to be addressed that most, again, again, most organizations never spend the, the effective time to do because not having, losing your data. Uh, ex, uh, the reality is that only 6% of companies who, uh, who have lost their data will be in business two years after that major data loss. And so you get companies like Delta or British Airways, which had a, a similar scenario just a few weeks later. You know, the, the cost per, per transaction that they're losing because of this, the down systems uh, is, is definitely hits the bottom line. So when you take on a project and help a company better manage their technology, what's included in that business technology strategy process? Well, what we do is we start really from the beginning of the process and understanding all all the really the life cycle, uh, the pe- the people that are involved in it, how they approach technology, how and how the technology works with the business side. Um, so it really, we look at the people, the processes, the tools, the, the software, hardware, and so forth. Everything they have in place today. So people process technology in that respect. We look at it and, and analyze again what's what are the what are the key business mission of goals objectives, how are those then being managed from a business 
technology perspective in the sense of translating from the business needs into how the technology is meeting those needs, measuring in a very objective way that the process in the sense of going from a, a business case to a set of requirements, going down through the full system lifecycle to the ultimate implementation of that system, uh, and then how the system is, is supported, how the various business units work with the IT organization to, uh, to effectively work as an integrated team. Yeah, definitely. I think that a good parallel can also be drawn almost... Um you know, uh, companies usually use attorneys to translate the legal jargon into, uh, I guess, you know, b business jargon, mm -hmm. and uh, kind of in the same way, uh, business technology uh, strategy or strategy, translating the business jargon into into technology, uh, you know, code, so to speak, and uh, vice versa. Well, it is that, but it's but it's also a lot more in the sense that what we're what we really want to focus on is we want to help organizations really bridge the communications gap uh, that that exists with a lot of companies because because again you have the you have the business unit managers who are talking on the business sales costs customers you know and so forth. You've got the technology side that's talking, uh, talking uh, servers and clouds and on all sorts of, you know, again, technology. Many times the, the technology side really doesn't understand the business. And clearly the business side in many cases doesn't understand what the technology is doing. So if we can get the two sides to actually talk in a common language so that they're, they are all focused on the same thing, which is ultimately the growth and success of the enterprise, uh, you end up with a much more effective and efficient overall operation. Definitely the case. I think for a lot of businesses need uh, a lot of those services. And we're going to take a short break. And uh, when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about business technology strategy and uh, technology lifecycle vendor management uh, and a couple of other aspects of helping businesses manage technology. Are you thinking about starting a business? Does your business need a loan or investors? Are you ready to grow and succeed? Then you need to call Sterling Rose Consulting Corp. Call Sterling Rose Consulting Corp. at 470-238-9097 for more information or to schedule your free business consultation. Thank you, and we're back with uh, Dave Wilkins partner in uh, Sterling Rose Consulting and co-host of Strategic Insights Radio talking about business technology strategy, business technology uh, life cycle. So I wanted to ask you a little bit more about that as well. Uh, obviously, every technology has a life cycle and there's ways of improving it. There are. And what, what's, what's key in that is there is, there is a well-defined process that, that should be followed. Uh, there is a lot of different development life cycle methodologies that are out there, ranging all the way from the old traditional waterfall approach, uh, the iterative approach, agile. They're all, there's a lot of different ways that over the years people have come up with uh, techniques and, and, again, processes to, to implement the uh, technology. But ultimately, at the end of the day, what it really, what's really important is whatever technology is used, it starts with understanding what the business case is, which is ultimately how a project gets approved in the first place, and then making sure that throughout the, the life cycle that 
the key business objectives that were laid out and the business benefits that were laid out in that business case are being included and addressed in the whatever phase you're in, whether it's the design phase, the build phase, the test phase, um, you know, through the life cycle. Many cases, once that business case is not, or the business case is approved, uh, it's never looked at again. And nobody ever, ever goes back and actually verifies that, in fact, all those requirements that were defined in it are actually being implemented in the, in the actual system that's being implemented at that point. So kind of like a checks and balances almost where, you know, we're make sure that once the technology is delivered, you want to uh, go back to the original requirements and make sure those are fulfilled, first of all, and uh, also that the business objectives that that technology is supposed to fulfill are also addressed. That's exactly right. I wanted to ask you a little bit about, I know a couple of the services that you can help companies with, uh, and one of them is going to be vendor management improvement. So what does that mean for a company and what services do you provide when it comes to vendor management? Today, most applications are, are built from a package. You know, there, there are packages uh, for just about every business function out there. When those packages are developed by vendors, in many cases, the, the enterprises are going to engage the vendor in, in helping to implement that. Um, I would think most of the projects I had done over the last uh, 20 years or so involved a vendor vendor of some way, shape, or form. Now, the challenge that most enterprises have is they really don't understand how to actually use that vendor to their maximum benefit. Because again, they they come in with the assumption that the vendor is going to is is the not is the, the expert on the system and is going to be able to just implement it and they all live happily ever after. Um, well, the reality is that in many cases, many of the vendors really don't have a well-defined process for implementation themselves. Uh, they, they know how they know the software, they know how, how to install it from a technical perspective, but actually working with the business to understand and get all their business functionality correctly defined, designed and built into it. Uh, in the way that the business really wants to is, is again, one of the challenges that they face. The other thing, too, is that have to an enterprise that engages a vendor has to realize that that vendor, vendor has their own agenda and business objectives they're trying to accomplish. And so many cases, those uh, uh, the agendas really aren't always in sync. You know, both of them are trying to maximize what they get out of, out of this uh, contract. And uh, what it really boils down to is making sure that, that ultimately the service level agreements that are defined, uh, how, what, this, what the roles and responsibilities of the vendors are going to be, how they interact with both the business and the technology side of the, um, the enterprise. These are all areas and, and the deliverables that, uh, that need to be produced, the time frame of that and so forth. That's all, those are the areas that we really focus on in helping clients get a better better use of their vendors. Yeah, definitely. I think that's an important thing for a lot of companies to remember is that uh, if they're relying on the vendor to be the subject matter expert, you know, that vendor's trying to maximize the fees that they're going to charge. That, I mean, that's the, their business objective, right? Is to, to grow their sales. Um, whether, you know, however, however, 
honest any company wants to be in the end their objective is to maximize profits and a lot of times if they're if a company is solely dependent on the vendor for being the expert that's going to help them implement and uh and uh launch new technology they're kind of at the mercy of that vendor to make make sure that the things being done right and they don't have a lot of ways of uh going back and double checking well, that's right. And, and also the other aspect is once you have engaged and committed to a vendor, you know, then you've got the whole aspect of how do you keep the, so- the software up to date, uh, you know, new, new releases and so forth. How do you ensure that you're getting the, the additional functionality that needs to be added included in uh, subsequent releases? And how do you work with those organizations to, to basically ultimately get what you need uh, for the best possible price? Exactly. And uh, talking about vendors, I also want to talk a little bit about outsourcing because obviously anything technology related uh, in this day and age is being outsourced in one way or another, whether you're outsourcing it to a domestic company or outsourcing it overseas. Most, or not not most, but I say a good amount of companies aren't managing their own uh, technology departments or they don't have an in-house development teams, but rather they depend on other companies to do it. That's right. There are a lot of risks as well as benefits from that. Uh, certainly, I think the expectation is that they can reduce their costs uh, into by outsourcing, which in theory would work, but there's a lot of things that have to go right in order for that to, uh, to, to save those costs. Um, one of the things that you start with is having a really well-defined set of requirements enable the, that can be translated by the, um, <clears throat> the firm that the, that the outsourcing has gone to, the outsourcer, so that they can, uh, they can actually translate the, those business requirements into the technology that needs to be, uh, needs to be developed or supported going forward. Uh, there's a lot of organizations who have outsourced after two or three or four iterations finally get what they want. By that point in time, any cost savings that would have come because of a lower lower rate that they were working at has been totally wiped out because again, you're the, 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 the folks that the, uh, that were doing the work really didn't understand the business. were ta- taking their own approach to it. As a result, uh, it had to be reworked numerous times and before they can finally get it right. Yeah. And I think that's, um, obviously part of where you come in to make sure that, um, things go right in the first place to begin with or as as right as they can go well exactly because again having a well-defined development process ensuring that all the 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 specifications whether it's the requirements the design specifications and all that are are accurate complete and are interpretable if you will uh, by whoever is actually going to be doing the work uh, making sure they do it right the first time, that's what's really important because that's whether you're doing it in-house or using a vendor or outsourcer, that's ultimately how you <clears throat> save save money and and deliver on time. Exactly. So um, ideally, what size clients uh, are you looking for and um, who are you trying to target as a perfect client? Excuse me. That's that's a pretty broad range because there are there are there are literally clients of all sizes. I mean, certainly we're looking at the uh, mid range to to larger enterprises. Uh, I would say anywhere from uh, five to five to ten million dollars on up. I guess if you did have a perfect client, what would that look like? 
Uh, the perfect client would be one probably that is recognizes they've got lots of problems, know they need to do something, and really have no no uh, no clue as to where to get started. Because then those are the ones we can really help um, from from day one. All right. So and then, then um, I guess on a more personal note, uh, obviously I've. Uh decades of experience in uh, corporate uh, and working with uh, larger clients and larger consulting firms. Uh, so what made you transition from uh, that corporate uh, consulting into entrepreneurship and now uh, becoming part of Sterling Rose Consulting? One of the things I think that was most, that, that really was a, a major driver was <clears throat> the fact that Having worked with all these large enterprises and organizations over time, is there is the a, a lot of things were already baked in. It's a sense of process, procedures, and all that, uh, and really not finding that opportunity to 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 rec to really work on some of the areas that I felt were were being missed. Again, it goes back to some of the things I talked about before: how how organizations ha have their own agendas, their own vested interests, and so forth. My philosophy was I want to make sure that IT, you know, the technology is delivers what is expected to it. And that's really helping businesses be more successful. So uh, with Sterling Rose, with all the opportunities uh, in terms of working with businesses, really to do the same thing from the business side, I think it was a, a, a good way to extend that into the technology side as well. Right. Well, thank you, Dave. Any other closing remarks? All I can say is their technology can provide a great opportunity for businesses to be very, very successful, but they have to know how to manage it to get there successfully. All right. Well, thank you, David. And uh, thank you, Vlad, as well. This has been Strategic Insights Radio, discussing strategic technology consulting and what it means to your company. For more information about Vlad Ruse or David Wilkins, Sterling Rose Consulting Corp., or the uh, Strategic Technology Consulting Division of Sterling Rose Consulting, you can contact Sterling Rose Consulting at 470-238-9097. That's 470-238-9097. Or you can visit sterlingroseconsultingcorp.com. We'll see you next time right here on Strategic Insights Radio. Mm -hmm.